I'm Chris. I'm John. I like radio. I like Twitter. Walter Cronkite is a hero of mine. I'm Ron Burgundy. And this is Media High. Good morning, Vietnam! Oh, yeah! <laughs> Hold on, I've got to use my radio voice for this. <clears throat> All right, everyone, it's time to unfold that paper and log into Twitter because we're about to explore the modern media landscape. All right, Cristobal, we are back. back. How have you been? I've been good. It's, we, we had a week hiatus. We did, because um, I was traveling. Yes. I was away. It's all my fault. Hey, it's okay. Smite Don't me. blame yourself. Don't I, blame yourself. I do, I do. Come on, this is a group effort. We are all together on this one. We're all in this together. But yes, we had a week off, and we are back excited to go again. Yes, we are. Uh, and before we hop into today's topic, as always, let's do some hypotheticals. John, why don't you give us your hypothetical? All right, my hypothetical for today is... Really, and I feel like this is becoming a theme for me. It's a would you rather. Oh, yes. I love the would you rathers, honestly. Okay, so here's my would you rather for today. Would you rather be famous when you're alive and forgotten when you die or unknown when you're alive but famous after you die? Would you rather be a Kardashian or Van Gogh? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Not to say that everyone's going to forget well, Kim when she's like, gone. I feel like I would rather be a Van Gogh because like, if you're famous after you die, then you're famous like forever. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I think it probably depends on, like, what I'm famous for. Yeah. You know? Sure. Because I think there are certain things, like, artists, for example, their sort of legend and status and really just the legend of them sort of grows once they're dead, you know? Um, but when it comes to maybe, like, a politician or some sort of leader or something like that... I feel like their fame is better when they are alive and they can actually enact that change. Yeah. You know, because the work of an artist, it, li- it lives beyond them, their physical body. And so it can continue to enact change as time passes, even though they, have, they are gone. Whereas someone who works in business or, or politics, they can they enact change while they're living, which we see ripple effects of. Later on. Ripple, ripple, ripple. Ripple, ripple, ripple. Dip in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) I think for me, I just... The quote from Phoebe Buffay of Friends really... Holds true. Smelly cat. Smelly... That is the quote I was looking for. It's... I I would give anything to be... Not be appreciated in my own time. Oh. She's the very artsy type. So I would give anything not to be appreciated in my own time. That's good stuff. Yeah. My hypothetical for you, John, is mm-hmm. would you rather... It's also would you rather. Oh, fun. I know. Double Z's today. Would you rather get the news every single day through the newspaper or only get the news once a month but through any medium you choose? Oh, gosh. Um, hmm. Ooh, probably once a month because I just know okay. I would never read the newspaper. Okay. Yeah. You know, where at least if I'm only getting it once a month, at least I'm getting it in a form where I know I'm actually going to consume it and, and retain it, even though perhaps I'll be a little bit behind, but at least I'll still be informed. Whereas if I only had the newspaper, I don't think I would be informed at all because I would just never read anything. Right. You know? Right. And I think that that is an interesting place to jump off of, uh, to go in our conversation today all about news is what are people's interpretation of the news? How do people consume it on a daily basis, you know? Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about news today, especially the current news landscape, because I feel as though we are in a, 
another sort of it, it's undergone many revolutions in the past and I think we're undergoing we're in the middle of another revolution but before we talk about today Chris give us a brief history of the news of course <laughs> Now, John, the spreading of news from person to person has really been around since the dawn of time, ever since people could talk. You know, you just, you talk to your neighbor, you gossip, you talk about what's going on in politics. Cavemen grunt. Right. Who's the lord of the cave in that year, Mm -hmm. you know? But established systems for spreading news first began in the early 1600s with several small newspapers coming about all around the world as early as 1605 in the Holy Roman Empire was the first recorded newspaper. So when looking at news in America, the first ever continuously published paper was the Boston Newsletter, first released in April of 1704, edited by John Campbell. Uh, News communication did not change much over the next 200 years. More newspapers were published. These papers became bigger and more diverse with more topics and stuff. But the real change came in the 1930s and 40s with the advent of FM radio. Now, Edward Roscoe Morrow My guy. is seen to be the godfather of radio journalism. He was CBS's chief correspondent in Europe and was the first reporter to produce a daily national broadcast in the U.S. with programs like World News Roundup throughout World War II. It's a crazy time for Morrow, I bet. World News Roundup. World News Roundup. Once again... The rise of radio news resulted in more broadcasts and bigger shows. Radio's reign on the news did not last, though, because in 1947, the United States television networks reformed. In that same year, Meet the Press, which is still airing today, debuted on NBC, soon followed by See It Now, hosted by our guy, Edward Murrow. Our guy, Mr. Murrow. And first airing in 1951. Live television broadcasting has shared many hallmark moments in history, including the 1963 assassination of President John F. Kennedy, Neil Armstrong's first steps on the moon in 1969. It was 1969. fake. It was fake. It was staged. Oh it didn't happen. <laughs> what, the murder or the steps? <laughs> steps. I don't know. Kennedy I mean, could there's still conspiracy there. theorists on both. We should do a whole segment on conspiracy, <laughs> on conspiracy news. theories. And the coverage of the 9-11 attacks in 2001. Now, television broadcasting has changed the world. Now, what's next for news? It's a good question. It's a great question. John, let's jump into our conversation. I want to first ask you, where do you get your news most often? Okay, so this shouldn't come as a surprise to no one. He gets it from newspapers. (laughs) This should come as a surprise to no one who listens to this podcast. It's not a surprise to you. I really mostly consume my news from the Philip DeFranco show. Shouts to Philly D. This episode is brought to you by the Philip DeFranco show. I wish. I wish. Give us a shout. I want to meet him one day. Philly D. Come on media high. What an icon. Um, Yeah, but part of that was because, and I've, I've talked about this a little bit, I think, on this podcast, but today is really the day to go into it. What sort of led me to the Philip DeFranco show, and for those of you who don't know what it is, Philip DeFranco is a YouTuber, and his YouTube show, the PDS Philip DeFranco show, is Monday through Friday, a 13 to 20 minute news show, essentially, where he covers anywhere between four and six stories a day, usually something in terms of industry news, meaning YouTube or internet news. Then he touches on something probably about politics within the U.S., and then usually an international news, and then there's always one sort of random, either either fun or just crazy news story throws in there. Um, like somebody shooting their husband through a book. Right. Yeah. Just something wild like that. Exactly. And so that's what it is. And for me, the way I sort of found Philip DeFranco was 
for years, and I mean years, like ever since I was in high school, I found myself getting more and more and more frustrated with the news cycle and the more traditional news outlets because I didn't know where I could go. I felt like I had no place to go where I could just get facts. Like, here's what happened. It felt like every station I would turn on or every website I went to or every person's Twitter, it was so biased one way or the other. Yeah. Or even the podcast I would listen to. And I'm like, I, I don't actually know what is being presented here as fact without being pushed around and biased. I had grown sort of very weary of traditional news outlets and everything being so biased. And I wanted a place where I could just find the facts. And when I found my way to Philip DeFranco, that's what I feel like I've found. It's not that he doesn't have opinions and, and just presents facts, but at least he's very clear, I think he is, on when he's presenting the facts and then when he's presenting oh, his opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was incredibly refreshing for me. And as someone who is very much into the YouTube and internet culture. Are we? F- Are you? I don't know. Yeah, I dabble. I dabble. I we dabble. dabble. Uh, but as someone who's very into that, the fact that he also covered that news as though it was legitimate news that people care about. I love it. That was awesome for yeah. me. Oh, absolutely. What about you? So as far as like where I got my news on the daily, I don't really, I don't watch Philip DeFranco daily. I kind of get, I go in and out of watching him. Like I'll, I'll go for like a week and a half of watching him and then like a couple weeks of not watching him. But as far as like news, I actually read the New York Times a lot on, on their website. Get you. Um, I know. I am Cultured in a, boy. <laughs> I don't like to brag, but I read the New York Times. Now I am in a news writing class. Um, I'm in my freshman year of college right now. I'm taking a news writing class. So it's been really interesting to kind of explore different papers um, and see the merits of different things. I don't really read it super often. I mean, I'll, I'll read it like a few times a week. Like, day, like you a dabble. few days. I dabble in, in the New York Times. <laughs> um, so I read that a few times a week. But a lot of it is also just like word of mouth or if the radio... I, there's just a, like a lot of random things. Like I'll hear it... So it's not necessarily intentional for you. It's just sort of like whatever comes across your radar. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I have the New York Times app that I'll like get notifications or mm-hmm. Google News or I'll hear something on the radio in the background of my house or like something, something like that. Something will be trending on Twitter. Right, or absolutely. A, a thing I miss for myself is either Philip Franco show or it's Instagram, honestly. Oh, interesting. Like uh, especially sports news for me. Okay, yeah. You know, and, and sports updates and things like that. I, I receive them mostly from Instagram or If there's, like, this past weekend, there was a shooting in Pittsburgh. I heard about that through Instagram because someone I know posted about it. And so then that drives me to then go and do some research for myself and figure out what actually happened. But in terms of how I'm notified, you're right. It totally is word of mouth. It's not, oh, it's 5 o'clock. It's time to sit down and figure out what happened today. Because in the world we live in right now, everything is happening and we are learning about it in real time. Yeah. So I think if there's one source that I like the most, it's actually an app called Google News, um, which I really like because it it gets to know what you like a lot by your searches and stuff. Ooh, a little curated news A little news curated feed. news feed. So it gives you like five top stories a day, um, but it pulls just from different websites. So mm. there's, gonna, there's often like a, a tech story from like The Verge, which is a lot of times how I get tech news. It's just like a notification being sent to me. 
read this new article. Or, I mean, I search The Verge a lot because I'm a, I'm a nerd about technology, as you know. Um, but so a lot of, like, scattered sources. Never, mm. like, one concrete thing that I go to all the time like you do with Philip DeFranco. Yeah. Philly D. Philly D. 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 Now, how do you think that news consumption has changed over the last five years or ten years? Especially in our type of generation. Right. So I think... I think what hasn't necessarily changed, like you were t- touching on, is the idea that a lot of news is word of mouth. It's, oh, did you hear about this? Oh, did you hear about that? Oh, no, I didn't. I need to... And then you get your initial story from another person. Yeah. And then I, I actually think it's rare for someone to actually go and then do some research on it and actually do some reading on it. I think more likely it's people see a headline. It, 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 we live and always sort of have lived in... A world of headline readers. We live for the headlines. Exactly. Honestly. And and that's been all the way back since Jack Kelly was selling papes. I was gonna reference newsies. <laughs> I was going to. I was so excited. But it's like Carry people, that banner, guys. Carry yeah. that banner. And that maybe I get on a bit of a soapbox here, but I feel like older generations, they really try and get on young people for this idea that like Oh, they they don't really consume news. They get their news from Twitter and the social medias. And I'm like, all you do is you skim your newspaper for headlines and then you call yourself informed for the most part. You're not actually doing like a deep dive onto it or you're watching, you know, Fox News or CNN at five every day and you're getting a 30 second segment on this story that is actually incredibly nuanced if you were to do some research on it. So it's not that like... Older generations went way more in depth than we do. It's just we get our headlines from different places now. Yeah. Now I feel like all we get, like, Twitter, because when you're reading a headline in a newspaper, at least there's, like, more that you could go into, whereas now it's, like, we get our headline on Twitter, but it's, it's just 140 characters. Like, right. it's just the headline. And you got to click the link if there even is one. If there, right, right. And then is that link sending me to a accredited website or an actual or is it just like some guy's blog in his mom's basement like mine exactly yeah exactly so it's there's definitely is a big change as far as generations go and of course there are those people in older generations and in younger generations who really do read the entire paper Mm -hmm. and like who really go deep into each story and I really respect those people because I can't do it um it just that's like a struggle Yeah, but it's also, I think, a a newer struggle that, and this is not even generational, this is something that I think everyone is struggling with today in terms of news, and it sort of harkens back to what I was saying before, is this idea that now there are so many options for where you can consume your news, and there are some advantages to that, and that's, it, it, I think, competition breeds, it, it breeds you know, accountability, I think, you know, it's no longer that there are three news stations, ABC, NBC, and CBS. Spike news. Yeah. Like who can just say whatever they want. And because they're one of the only people, we just accept it. Now there are infinite number of sources from to which I can give my trust. And so that draws everybody one of two directions, either to produce something better or to produce something more shocking. And unfortunately, I think we see so many news outlets going the more shocking route where news sort of become, I guess that's an interesting question. Like what line for you does it, what line for you do you draw between like news and entertainment? 
Yeah. So it's interesting because in in news writing in my in this class that we're I'm learning about, it's there are several elements to news, and um, unusualness is one of those main elements. Like mm. every story has to have either prominence. You have to have people or places or things that are relevant to everyone. That's prominent good. people. You, or you need to have unusualness. Hmm. Like it, you got to have at least one of those two in in a story, so that people will read it. Yeah. So I think that we've really been leaning into the unusualness factor, and oftentimes recently that's that's coincided with prominence. <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. So I mean, I think that there are. I think there are a lot of stories that go too far into unusualness or not far enough into prominence, or not far enough into real news. Well, and the, a frustration for me is not even necessarily in the stories that are being presented sometimes, as much as the people and the talking heads that are commenting on the story. Yeah. I, I'll use a sports example. I refuse to watch First Take. First Take is a show on ESPN with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman, and it's just them sort of talking back and forth and debate. It's, it's a very common sports setup, but they talk back and forth and they debate sports topics. But for me, what reads so false about it is it's clear that they aren't just discussing their opinions. It's before the show has started. How can we spew up as much controversy and debate as possible? Yeah. And I am actually, I as Stephen A. Smith, am actually arguing something that I don't even really believe because I think it's going to increase ratings. And that's something that I think, especially people of our generation, are like, no, screw that. I'm not interested. Yeah. I would rather listen to two people agree for an hour on things as long as I felt that the discussion they were having was genuine. Yeah, and honest. And right. that's a frustration I see specifically in sports and in like political news. Yeah. Right. I, I can't watch those discussions most of the time because I feel like people are only spouting their quote unquote opinions or beliefs because they're trying to build their own platform or they're just trying to make a better entertaining show. Yeah. I'm like, if I want to watch people fight, I would watch boxing. Like I'd watch KSI Logan Paul. I was, yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's what it feels like. It feels like the way into a boxing match sometimes. Right. And I'm like, no, this, this is news or at least it's supposed to yeah, be. Yeah. Put the belts down, boys. Come, Come on. on. So John, how has social media specifically changed news? So I, I think this is, it, it's sort of a conversation that we've had with almost everything in turn when we talked about celebrity, when, when we talked about like streaming, when we've talked about content and overconsumption of content, there are two things that have happened. One, social media has given rise to things like the Philip DeFranco show, these sort of homegrown organic news outlets or beam news for example that aren't under the hood of this giant corporation i love me some beam news yeah but but it's just like homegrown started and this was when beam news actually started before it became under the hood of a giant corporation right but but even now that it's owned by cnn you see very little of that. yeah cnn allows it to sort of be its own thing which i think is the right way of doing it Absolutely. but but there's the one like homegrown idea like the the youtuber who just started talking about news and then there is the large corporation, the Fox News, the CNN, the New York Times, that sees that they need to migrate to social platforms in order to engage the next generation of 
of audiences. Right. You know, and so there's sort of this like meeting in the middle between the organic homegrown news cycle and this, these giant corporations of news. And right now they're like wrestling over control of podcasting platforms, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. Right. And it'll be interesting in the next five years to sort of see who wins out. Yeah. And I think it's interesting looking at news, these big, huge news platforms moving into social media because you look at these news platforms, CBS has 6.5 million followers on Twitter. Fox News has 18.2 million followers on Twitter. So there really is a domination of these huge platforms going from traditional broadcasting networks into these newer 21st century social media networks. CNN Breaking News has 55 million followers on Twitter. Yeah. I mean, these are insane numbers. Yeah. And I, I, I really appreciate that people are following news because it really shows that people are interested in wanting to know what's happening. I think that social media has, in some respects, had a positive impact on news because it's a really easy way to follow news. You don't have to tune in to an, a TV broadcast that's an hour long and more than half of it is commercials. Mm -hmm. You can just look in your Twitter feed and see it integrated with the rest of your life that you're just looking at. It just is there. Yeah. And I think different kinds of news are making that transition at different rates. Okay. Like, for example, sports news has made the transition onto Instagram almost completely. And if you look at the followers on Instagram of something like SportsCenter or Bleacher Report, they almost have double what like CNN or Fox oh, wow. has on Instagram. And I think part of that is because sports is an inherently visual medium yeah. where it's like, I want to see the highlight of that play or this play or whatever it might be. I want to see Michael Jordan dunk that basketball. Uh, sports. Yeah, if I still lived in the 90s, I sports, totally sports, would. Sports, sports, sports. <laughs> but then if you go over to Twitter, for example, because that's more of a conversational, you know, platform, you see something like CNN has this huge following of like 55 million. And, you know, for the most part, sports has made their way onto Twitter as well. But like SportsCenter has 35 million followers, you know, which is still a large number. But But then you have things like celebrity news. And like the E channel and things like that. I hate celebrities. <laughs> that that is the thing where I I just think that it's not news. This is not newsworthy. The Hollywood. What is new? Like what is newsworthy? Newsworthy to you? are th things that are actually going to have an impact on my life. So you think it has to matter in order for it to be news? I think it has. Yeah, I think it has to matter. I don't think that Kim Kardashian's husband or who is also known as Kanye also, West. I <laughs> forgot. I don't think that their family or their daily lives or their outfit that they're wearing on Tuesday that matters. And if you want to get entertainment from that, great. If you appreciate following their life, okay, that's like your prerogative. I support that completely. I don't think that it should be called news though. Yeah. However, just because it doesn't matter to you, doesn't mean it doesn't matter to the 110 million people who follow her on Instagram and the millions of people who watch their show. That's true. And so it's sort of this question of like, there are certain things that happen, you know, this might be controversial, but there are certain things that happen in the local elections of Texas that don't matter to me. Like, I honestly don't care. Like, 
not that I don't care about all political news, but there are certain subsects of, or, you know, whatever that word is that I'm trying to say of political news that like, I really don't care about, but that doesn't mean that they don't matter. They just might not matter to me. And sports is another thing. Like sports inherently, like, does it matter that, you know, the Red Sox just won the world series? Yeah. No, it's not going to, I mean, it's going to maybe change. They won won the world series. They did. They did. Spoiler alert. Um, Good job. Red Sox. Like we we might see some like change in the economy of Boston because there's going to be a boost in like Jersey sales. Yeah. But other than that, like it doesn't actually change things that matter to the majority of people. Sure. And I think this notion of trying to nail down exactly what news is mm. is really difficult the definition um that google gives me is a noun it's newly received or noteworthy information especially about recent or important events a broadcast or published report of news information not previously known to someone so th- there are several different ways you can look at it but it's also just so it, it all just depends on you is mm. this noteworthy or important to you. Yeah. Well, and also from a news platform or station or newspaper perspective, part of the balance I think these networks have to walk is between the stuff that we all know is important but maybe aren't as interested in and the stuff that will get clicks and will get viewers but actually is fluff and doesn't really matter. And that's what you watch if you actually watch morning news or evening news on TV. You watch them sort of walk those lines. It's like, here's this really boring story about the midterm elections that actually really matters but not a lot of people care about. And then here's a squirrel on skis. (laughs) Exactly. And everybody watches the squirrel on skis because it's amazing. Right. Of course it is. But but it is... It's, how do we balance that? It's this mix of like informative and entertainment right. that all news cycles sort of, I think, struggle to find. And I guess like for you, have you found that balance in any news outlet that you are engaged with? I think that for me, like Google, what I was talking about earlier, Google News does that well because they give me like they give me stories like very prominent political or just world news stories mm. but they also give me like what's happening in tech what's happening with this or that i mean it's an uh, for me it's a nice balance of this is something that is prominent that i should know about and then there's things that are more important just specifically to me or that like maybe not everyone actually cares about right i think there's things where i want the facts and then there's topics for me where I want to go a little bit deeper and I actually want to hear conversation and hear opinions. Yeah. You know? Um, I, and I, I, I think that I am being a little bit hypocritical right now because I keep talking about tech news because people who watch the Kardashians, not all of them are going to care about what tech news. John, you don't care about mm-hmm. tech news at all. So can I really, if I don't call Kardashians or Hollywood reporters, TMZ, if I don't call that news or if I say that that isn't news, can I really be calling The Verge news? Mm-hmm. It, it, that, it's just, it's a really interesting conundrum, I, yeah. I guess. I, uh, this is sort of a bit of a tangent, but it, it's sort of on this topic of like what matters and what doesn't yeah. matter. This past year, I was filming an event downtown in which Howard Dean and Newt Gingrich were both uh, speaking. Gingy, my guy. The two politicians, essentially. And one thing that Newt Gingrich, he got up there and he was 
he was essentially saying exactly what you were saying about the Kardashians. He, he was saying that there's no substance and what they do doesn't matter. Mm. And I left and I was talking with my friend who was filming the, the event with me. And I said, I think that's a very uh, dangerous mindset for a politician like Newt Gingrich to have because it might not matter to him. Mm-hmm. But just because it doesn't matter to him doesn't mean if Kim Kardashian endorsed Newt Gingrich, he may have won a presidential election in 10 years when all of the 13-year-olds that follow Kim Kardashian are old enough to vote, and they're going to listen to what she says. Like, then it does matter. You're immediately alienating hundreds of millions of people, potentially. Exactly. And so I think that's that's the balance that I think a lot of news networks sort of struggle with is it's like this idea of news as a business versus news as a a passion and a calling of I want to inform people and I want to do good work. And then all of a sudden when you get to the level of Sports Center or CNN or this or that, it becomes news as a business and we have to keep our numbers up and we have employees. And so we just start putting talking heads on television, right. which just does not work yeah. in, to, in today's world, especially with younger viewers yeah. and younger readers. Yeah. So, John, can you remember a time – has news ever really had an impact on your life or seeing a story or seeing some type of news broadcast? Do you think news really has an impact in any way for you? That's an interesting question. I, uh, For me personally, yes, I, I think uh, – like this past weekend, for example, the shooting at Life of Tree of Life Synagogue in Squirrel Hill, yeah. Pittsburgh. Like I went to college like three blocks from that synagogue. Yeah. And hearing about that, it, it I heard about it via news, of course. And it just it totally like shifted the past two days for me in terms of just how I felt, how I interacted when I was in church yesterday, all of all of these things. Um and so it has an impact sort of on my life. But more than that, I've seen the way that news, especially uh, newer forms of news like Twitter, for example, the actual like impact that that can have. Twitter describes itself in the app store now as chat about what's currently happening. And we've seen in foreign countries, like we've seen a couple years ago, we saw like foreign governments getting overthrown as a result of, you know, political coups that were being organized on Twitter. Yeah. You know, and so... I think this idea of the news and the spread of news and word of mouth spread of news being globalized and put online, where now it's not just word of mouth in our city, but it's word of mouth all over the world. Yeah. That creates this whole new idea of the spread of news and the impact that news can have on a culture. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting looking in history at like those those landmark historical events that people have like witnessed or read about like we talked about in the history of segment today it's like mm. the landing on the moon 911 uh, yeah I, I remember watching 911 see for me the those moments i've never really experienced that yeah there really know? hasn't been a like everyone watched this right like I, I was. I think the closest thing that comes to that is maybe Barack Obama's inauguration. Yeah, in like two thousand eight. The, the first um, inaugura- the first black president in U.S. history. Which even for you, you were what eight years but old. But even for me, I was I was eight years old at the time. Yeah. I was one in in two thousand one when nine eleven happened. Yeah. So it just, I think that 
it's hard for my generation specifically mm-hmm. as a much younger generation to really understand the true and v- vital impact that news can have mm. or gut impact that news can have because we've never really experienced something like that. Yeah. Well, and I think um, it, it it's moments, really, all these moments we're talking about are innately sort of political or, or global uh, global political moments, yeah. whether it's war, whether it's an election, whatever it is. But like I was in fifth grade when 9-11 happened and I remember seeing on the news and watching the first plane go into the tower, like watching that replay over and over and over again, yeah. you know, same with Obama, but also like the election of Trump this past year. Like yeah. that was a, I think that was a moment news wise for a lot of people just because it was regardless of like whether you voted for Trump or not, like that's not what we're talking about going into that night. Most people didn't think it was going to happen. Right. And then watching everyone slowly realize that this is what was happening and watching him then get elected sort of against all odds. I think that actually was probably the closest thing for for someone that's your age to a, a moment that gripped not just our nation, but a lot of the world. Yeah, that it definitely was. That was a big thing. Yeah. I mean, I remember, I remember watching that on, a, on an election night, just kind of sitting in my family room with my mom, just watching like yeah, in and shock. I, and I, I think guess. those like seminal moments with news are like a you remember where you were yeah. when you watched that. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, as far as impact of news. I think it's on a much smaller scale. So I watch Beam News very often. Um, it's We talked about it a little bit earlier. It's a YouTube channel. Um, but they do just individual stories, usually around 10 minutes long, of a very specific topic. So it's not like a news segment where they talk about several different things, like Philip DeFranco. They post um, a, once or twice a week about just one single story. So the last video they, that they published was titled, Should 16-Year-Olds Be Allowed to Vote? And kind of just discussing this, giving facts and giving opinion, opinion, but talking about research and discussion that professionals have had in the area. And it's little videos like this that just make me think. And like mm. that's the impact the news can have. It makes me think, and specifically the impact that Beam News can have because they do very varied types of videos. Mm-hmm. They do they do videos on new types of drugs. Their first ever video was on marijuana. They do videos um, about foreign affairs or foreign politics. Right. Um, United States disasters. They have they've done several of like the recent hurricanes mm-hmm. um, in the South. It just so it, these are the types of videos that just make me think on a daily basis mm-hmm. about smaller things or little aspects of my life that can really, over time, have a big impact on me. And I think something that stuff like Beam News and, and even Philip DeFranco does that like lo- I haven't really seen local news do is they talk about, here's a story that's happening currently, but let's zoom out and talk about the, the deep meaning behind this story and what this story means over the course of history or, or in the larger discussion that's going on. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you watch local news on your local TV stations at 5 p.m., you just hear like, there was a shooting at the corner of blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And there's no real discussion or talk over the larger, uh, you know, 
the larger landscape of gun violence or racial yeah. tensions or things like that, where as the New York Times, for example, or Beam News, they dive a little bit further into it. Like there's actual journalism going yeah, on. Right. And then you are educated. Yeah. Yeah. Beam News is much more in the vein, I think, of investigative journalism. Yeah. Where they're they're talking every every video pretty much. At least every video at the desk. Not like in the world doing like live news just out and about. Every video at the desk has at least one, but usually several insights or reports or interviews with college professors or professionals in the specific field talking about what research have they specifically done? Mm. What r- papers or essays have they written on this subject? Um, which is, I think, is, is really beneficial to see that in, in a news segment. So, John, I've got one more question before the break. Yes. Is the 5 o'clock news, the TV news... Dying. So according to research, maybe, but it's dying a slower death than I thought. Okay. So I did a little bit of research on this, and one fact that sort of stuck out to me was, and don't look at the rest of this, the Pew Research Group, they did a study, and from 2016 to 2017, the gap between television and online news consumption decreased from a 19% gap to a 7% gap in just one year. Now, that being said, as of 2017, the majority of people are still consuming news via television, via the morning, local morning and local evening news. That's about, it's more, it's like 50%, maybe a little bit more. Interesting. However, as we saw from those numbers of going from a 19% gap to just a seven in one year, that is perhaps... TV is not dead, but perhaps it is dying a slow or even maybe quick death. Yeah. Well, John, we know that TV is critical for sports, and sports news is your favorite type of news. So why don't we roll into our new segment, Minus 60. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minus 60, the three-minute sports update that's two minutes long. This past week is maybe the only week of the year where baseball is at the center of the sports universe, and last Sunday night, the Boston Red Sox defeated the Los Angeles Dodgers four games to one to win their fourth World Series in the last 15 years. Everyone talks about the Patriots being Boston's dominant sports franchise this century, And they should, as the Patriots have won five Super Bowls since 2001. However, the boys at Fenway are not far behind with four championships under their baseball belts. Other headlines across sports, Cleveland is just cleaning house, people. Both their NFL and NBA franchises fired their head coaches this week. The Cavs firing Tyron Lue and the Browns firing head coach Hugh Jackson and offensive coordinator Todd Haley. Straight carnage in Cleveland. And in I Can't Believe That Just Happened, the Warriors' Clay Thompson made an NBA record 14 three-pointers against my depressing, beloved Chicago. Chicago Bulls on Monday night. Thompson uncharacteristically wore a headband in the game, a look he said was inspired by Will Ferrell's character in the movie Semi-Pro. One thing's for sure, with 52 points on the night, Clay definitely had the Bulls' defense feeling like they were being mauled by a bear in the octagon. Spumoni! And that's it for today's Minus 60, the three-minute sports update that's two minutes long. I promise one day we'll cover the NHL. I just need to learn the rules first. Now, back to Media High. 
Welcome back, everyone, from the Minus 60 segment. I hope you enjoyed that thrilling sports update from John. So much better than Tech Talk. Oh, my gosh. Brutal. It's a knife to the heart every time. <laughs> um, John, I think that we're going to do something a little bit different here in the second half. Can you give us just what's, what's happening now? So today we're going to play a little game. Ooh, games! Chris, news can be dark. It can be frustrating. It can be divisive. Let's bring a little levity to it. Let's bring a little levity to it. Oh, I like that jingle. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> by playing a little game. We don't have a name for this game necessarily. You could call it top 10. You could call it the stats game. I don't really care. But I've been doing a little bit of research, and I, in my head at least, have an idea of what is the most popular news station? What's the most popular you know, news app? What's the most popular this or that? I had an idea in my head, but as I did research found some things that were a little bit surprising. And so what we're going to do here is I've compiled a few top 10 lists within the the world of news, and we're going to have you guess what is on those lists. Excellent. Are you ready? I am so ready, John. All right. So to begin, let's start with the top charts in the app store in the news category. Oh, my gosh. Do you want to make a few guesses on what apps are on there. Are in those top 10? Are in those top All right, 10. I'm going to go CNN. Are you trying to guess them in order? Oh, I don't know. You're just throwing them out there. I'm going to throw these out there. Okay, that's fine. CNN is on there, yes. CNN is on there. Um, New York Times? Correct. Is on there. Um, See if he can get all 10. Oh my gosh. I honestly... The Verge? No. Oh gosh. Fox? Yes. Fox? Okay, we've got CNN, we've got Fox, we've got... NYT. NYT, um, CBS News. Do they have an app? It is not on the top 10. Oh, gosh. It's not on the top 10. I don't... Google News? Yes. Oh, wow. Interesting. I wouldn't have expected that. That's number four? Uh, no, that's... Oh, you that's, have four. I've got them. four. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. I honestly cannot think of it. You're missing numbers. one that I really thought you would get. Okay. That you thought I would get? I mean, I thought anyone would get. Oh. Mm. In terms of a news app. I honestly cannot think of any more. Right. I'm sure that you in the audience listening to this right now are like screaming because you probably know all of it. It is an app that was not originally created as a news app. Is it Twitter? Yes. Okay, great. Twitter is the number one wow. top charted I'm, I'm really, news application. I'm dumb. I should have known that. But that being said, so Twitter was originally created as a social media or a social networking application. And about, I think like a year and a half ago, actually, they made the transition to a news app. And I remember, like, everyone rolled their eyes when they found that out. They're like, oh, that's where people are getting their news now. And I'm like, hold on. I'm not saying that I'm getting my news from, like, Susie down the street. I'm saying I'm getting the story from CNN or from Fox or or New York Times on Twitter, and then I'm engaging in a conversation. Yeah. I mean, mean, yeah, I'm getting my news from Susie down the street. (laughs) Well, sometimes I am. Yeah. But then it leads me, perhaps, into a more credible source. Right, the retweets. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, okay, you want to go through these now? Yeah, hit me with all time. So, number one is Twitter. Great. Which was not... Totally surprising to me. I should have known that. Uh, Because I wonder if part of that ranking system is just like total number of downloads. Oh, I'm sure it is. And it's just Twitter. Twitter is in, was at one point in the likes of like Facebook and Instagram, like up there, you know. Um, Number two is Reddit trending news. Oh, yes. Not the Reddit app, but a specific, the specific like Reddit trending news app, Very interesting. Number three is an app called Newsbreak. What the heck is that? Which I have never heard of. 
News I have break? never heard of news break. I think I that they got those words mixed up. It's breaking news. Mm-mm. It's called news break. Yeah, local and breaking. Incredible. Yeah. The logo is a spiky end that looks like origami. Yes, it does. Um, that's so, crazy. I honestly have never heard of that before. I've never heard of it. I don't know. Does it say like who owns it or anything like that? It says... No, it doesn't. Because it, it would it, seem like the type of thing where it's like, news break brought to you by... Right. It has 33,000 reviews, though. Maybe we're just... Behind rocking a four point five rating. Hey, good for them. So that's number three. Number four is Fox News. Okay. Number five is CNN. Number six, Google News. Wow, Google News is ahead of NYT. I, I that's not surprising actually because NYT is subscription based. Number seven is an app called Smart News. What the heck? Smart are these? News, I think, might just be an extension of Google or like a. Oh, no, it's just its own thing? It's owned is it by the, Smart News Inc. I guess so. I thought it was maybe like the news app that just like comes inherently on the iPhone. Yeah. But it's not. It, it's 257,000 ratings on this one. It's its own thing, I suppose. That's wild. Who knows? Uh, that's number seven. Number eight is BuzzFeed. Okay. Yeah. Number that's... nine, the New York Times. Okay. And number 10 is an app called Citizen. Interesting. Tough look for New York Times, honestly. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. That's brutal. Yeah, they'll uh, they'll make their climb though. Uh, so Citizen is a very interesting app that I am questioning whether it's actually should be considered a news application. It seems to me like it is essentially crowdsourced, like police investigations. Yeah. Where it's like the police are searching for this says like a, a hundred year old. Asian man in a wheelchair right. and people essentially they get a notification in the app and then if they see that person they like mark their location and it helps the police find that person yeah it says joining the citizen safety network will give you instant access to information about crimes near you so yeah. just a way of letting you know I guess it's if only oper- are happening only you. operating in New York City and San Francisco right now but it's in the top 10 so maybe it's just because it's new interesting ish yeah. I'm not sure but it it is technically considered a news app. Interesting. It only has seven thousand reviews. That's the lowest one we've seen so yeah, far. Yeah, so it's probably a pretty new yeah, app, I'm is sure. my guess. But yeah, yeah, pretty new. It looks like interesting. So, all right, next category. Let's go a little bit back in time now to s- things that still exist. Radio shows. Basic cable. Top oh, ten. Man. Okay. In prime time. Um, NBS. Who? NBS. What is NBS? Is that not a thing? N- NBC. NBC. I was. I've been watching Studio Sixty too much. That NBS is their network. Um, NBC. There is a subset of NBC on here. Right. Is it? Yeah. The show. It's the longest running one. That NBC SN. Oh, okay. But what? NBC essentially. Our, this is rough for me. I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Well, NBC. We're gonna go with that. Mm-hmm. CNN. CNN is not on here. That's not on, the cable news. That's what it's saying. What? Um, Fox? This is of February 2018, which is very surprising. I So CNN is on the basic cable top 10, but not on the primetime list. There's like two lists here. So we'll go with the just the basic cable top 10. Okay. NBC, of which is is on there, so is CNN. Okay, keep going. Um, Fox? Fox, yes. Fox the, News. Um, ABC? ABC is I don't even know if they have a news network, here. honestly. Um, CBS? CBS is not no on No way. Mm-mm. What? 
I only have three of these so far? Yeah. Okay, um, I can't think of literally any others. So can you hit us with the list? Okay, so I'm not sure how much I trust this. Okay. As, as like, news specifically, because there's lo- some on here that I'm like, these. that's not even a news channel. We're losing faith quickly But some, I'll, I'll just say some that are on both lists. Okay, here. great. Fox News is number one, both lists. Sure, right. Uh, MSNBC is number two on both lists. Interesting. Which is not totally surprising. NBC appears on both lists. ESPN appears on both oh, lists. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is not necessarily surprising. Right. CNN is on one of these lists. Weird. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. For both. For both. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. But I think CNN is probably... Every, everywhere else that I go, whether it be Twitter, whether it be Instagram, like whether it be like the apps that we just talked about, like it's CNN and Fox News. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. I mean, Even like the examples we've used in this podcast have been like right. CNN liberal news, Fox News right. conservative news. Which like, is just is just the way that it is. It's like the, they have become the face of those right. things. Right. So can we go back? What the primetime list? What are the other... What so are they're just those? like cable networks. There's no, so like are what are the there. other ones that are so on So like there? USA is on here oh, and things like that. Oh, so maybe weird. I just found the wrong list. Is Spike on there or FX or something? Mm-hmm. They don't have mm-hmm. news networks? Bummer. No. Nope. Latest in Spike? Latest in Spike. Oh. Or there's uh, there's Vice on HBO. Oh, yeah. You know, and things yeah. like that. Okay, final list. Final list. And this is one I am very uh, confident in. Jazz As opposed about. to the last one. We're going even... Further back in time, top 10 newspapers. Okay. As of September 2017. Okay. Um, Guess some that are on the list. New York Times. New York Times is on the list. New York Post. New York Post is on the list. Is this world or America? This is, I believe, America. America, for sure. Um, The... You got Times and the New York Post. Uh, Times, New York Post. Um, Washington Post. Yes. Um, Daily Herald. No. Wow, okay. Um... Chicago Tribune? Yes. Um, San Francisco... Something? No. Oh, Los Angeles Times. Los Angeles Times. Um, so far, this is my best That's category. Five. And That's I'm five. still doing terribly. Um, I, I, I think that's all I... There are three... Time? No. <laughs> there are three on here that I haven't really heard of. People's Magazine? No. TMZ. No, newspapers. Uh, okay, I, I'm lost. Okay, so you got, essentially you got two through six. Great. I, I didn't one. get number one. No. Wait, let me. Which I didn't even think about it. You didn't even think about but it. But it is, according to the statistics, far and away number one. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. Life magazine? It's not magazines, okay. Christopher. All right. I got <laughs> caught up with the whole, it, it, like a physical newspaper? Physical newspaper. Okay. What is I, it? It is the Wall Street Journal. Oh, duh. Oh. I think that's more about, I'm not sure if this study is taking into account businesses that have large subscriptions that get like 500 copies of the Wall Street Journal delivered to their door yeah. every single day I'm, just so they can have it in their office. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm bummed that I didn't get that. But ap- apparently the Wall Street Journal has more than double the like subscriptions What's number as the two? New, York, New York Times yeah. is number two. That's, yeah. The, finally, New York Times getting in the top NYT. three. Come on gosh. now. Yeah. Maybe our view of them is just like bloated. But I think the New York Times is, is an interesting sort of case study in – they are one of the newspaper or tradi- very traditional news outlets that I think has made their way into the trust circle of the millennial Generation Z world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know a lot of 
and and part of that is you know they get knocked for like extremely liberal leanings quite a bit. Yeah, but right, but right. Uh, I mean they have found a way to survive and even thrive in this new world. Like you don't hear a lot of young people talking about like did you listen to the Washington Post podcast? Right. They're like, did you see the post? Right. Weren't you slightly underwhelmed by it? I was Meryl Streep's performance. I was like, slightly underwhelmed by it. You know, what but, was that editing? Anyway. Yeah, anyway. but New York Times has been has staying strong since 1851. Yeah, like that's crazy yeah. so, that now it's like people listen to the daily and like people have the New York Times. On the daily. Yeah, and they have <laughs> the New York Times app where you just don't see a lot of other newspapers making that transition as well. Right. Uh, so then number three is the Chicago Tribune. Wow. Shouts to the Chicago wow. Tribune. That's that's huge. That's huge. Chicago, great job. Good hometown. Good for them. them. Uh, then number four, New York Post. Number five, Los Angeles Times. Okay. Number six, the Washington Post. Okay. I thought the Washington Post was top three. No, I think that I knew that it. I mean, it's it's it's. I guess it's going down the yeah, tubes. It like, really is. Just like the movie. Just like the movie. Come Honestly, on. Now. How did it get nominated? I don't for know. Best Oscar. I don't know. Um, number seven is Newsday. What? Which, like, I didn't... I thought Newsday was more of, like, a tabloid or, like, a, you know, thing that you buy walking down the street. Like, I didn't really consider... But I guess Newsday is a New, a New York City? Honestly, I have no idea. Newspaper? Honestly. Well, here, go back. You were just looking it up. Long Island and NYC's news source. I don't think... So, essentially, you just need to be a newspaper in New York City. And because there's so many people there... Because there's, like, literally nine and a half million people yeah. in New York. Yeah. That's so, crazy. So, number seven, news date. Number eight, the Mercury News. Huh? I don't even know what huh? that is. Huh? Number nine is East Bay Times, which I'm assuming is a West Coast Once thing. Once again, what? Okay, Mercury Bay Area. News is Bay Area. So, that's a that's like a San Francisco, technically San Jose, it looks like. And then what was the last one? East Bay Times and then the Star Tribune. Is like the, da- is like the Dallas Star? East Bay know. Times is... Wh- Where is that? Walnut Creek, California. California. Yeah. Wild. Maybe it's all these West Coast ones we haven't really heard of yeah. because we don't live on the West Coast. Because we live in Chicago. Yeah. And right. then what is the Star Tribune? Star Tribune. There's like West Coast listeners right now who are like, Are you idiots? How can you not have heard <laughs> honestly, of the East honestly. Bay Times? Star tri- the Star Tribune is the largest newspaper in Minnesota. Minnesota? Wild stuff coming out of Minnesota. Yeah. Wild, wild stuff wow. happening right now. Wow, my northern. Incredible. My northern Minnesota, friend. don't you get that newspaper yeah, every you day? You got the Star Tribune, eh? Oh, wow. Wow. So that is our, our game for it's, It was a great game. Today. It, it was, was a stressful you game. Did, you did okay. I did terribly. What are you talking about? I did so I did terribly on the second list, considering it wasn't actually a list of news networks. So. Oh, man. Okay. John, this this really has been a great episode, I think. It's been a fun one to record. Mm. But we got we to gotta go in. What's, what's your pick of the week this week? So my pick of the week in the realm of news is actually an entire media network. And I have mentioned them sort of a little bit. I'm surprised, honestly, they didn't come up necessarily on this podcast, but it is The Ringer. TheRinger.com. TheRinger.com, great website. The Ringer, for those of you who don't know, it is a sports media news culture conglomerate, essentially. It's what we're modeling our conglomerate after. Oh, basically. When when media high becomes a conglomerate. 
Conglomeration. Yeah, conglomerate. Ringer, we're coming for you. But essentially, they have a network of podcasts. A they huge network huge, of podcasts. Huge, just ginormous. They have a website where you got a whole bunch of con- written content. They have a YouTube channel, a whole bunch of video content. And essentially, like you can find podcasts from the Ringer, many sports podcasts. You can find pop culture podcasts. You can find polit- politics, music, everything. And for me, something. the reason that they're my pick of the week is because... It is not necessarily where I go to be informed, but they have fantastic voices and writers there that I love listening to their discussions on it because they totally reject the idea of major network talking heads. In fact, the founder, Bill Simmons, used to work for ESPN and left, essentially like got himself fired and left ESPN because he was so against this idea of like, we're going to get on stage. We're going to get on camera for three minutes and just yell at each other. He's like, I want to have long, nuanced conversations about yeah. this. And I appreciate that so much about The Ringer. And really, whatever you're interested in, in terms of news, they have a place, not for you to necessarily be informed, but once you've informed yourself, to sort of listen to a an intelligent, nuanced discussion. Yeah. And so, shouts give, to The Ringer. Give me more Jason Concepcion. Come on now. So my guy. My pick of the week is... We've talked about it a little bit on the show, but I have never actually watched it until this last week or two, oh, and that is, oh, I know what it is. The Marvelous Miss Maisel on mm-hmm. Amazon Prime. Wow, it's so good. Yeah, it's I've so only good. watched the pilot, so don't spoil anything. I won't. Don't okay. worry. It is. It, it really is a great period piece about a comedian Rachel, starring Rachel Brosnahan, which, who is Emmy incredible. winner. Emmy winner. Yes, it's. It just is so good. Written by Amy Sherman Palladino, writer of Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, just really good. Give it a watch. So well done. The camera. Yeah. I really fell in love. With the camera movement is mm-hmm. just one aspect that I love of it. Just great directing, great mm-hmm. cinematography. It sort of has the spirit and write and like and quippy writing of Gilmore Girls with like better acting and a better overall like plot. I yeah, think. yeah, and and I am a real sucker for anything set in early 1900s. Yeah, there's a lot of charm to it as well. So much charm. It's set in 1920s, 30s, right? Uh, Something like that. It might be a little later than that. It's beautiful. But it it essentially took the Emmys by storm this year. It was like the show this year that sort of won everything. And it's uh, Amazon. Yep, Amazon Prime. I can't wait for season two. And there there are just a couple of scenes that will just blow you away with their camera work and what they've done with the directing. It just is so, so good. That is my... Pick of the week. John. Fantastic. How are we feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling more hopeful than I thought I would after a podcast and discussion about news. About news. Because it is one of the more frustrating and divisive things in my life. But it's only brought us closer together, John. Yes. And that's really what this podcast is about. It's just about growing our friendship. Oh, absolutely. This, wait, this has been recorded? Oh gosh! Shoot, I thought this. Was I'm just, so embarrassed. Oh my gosh, this was just you a might fun as conversation. well download, subscribe, review. Oh my gosh, are you going to leave a review for Media High? That would be so. Oh my gosh, wow. <laughs> I hope so. Anyway, we'll see you next week on the Media High podcast. Until then, try not to get lost scrolling in the POTUS Twitter feed, and remember, stay classy, San Diego. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah.